the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. The following program is sponsored by Next Steps for Seniors Foundation. This is Next Steps for Seniors with your host, Wendy Jones. Each week, Wendy brings resources and information to help guide you through those next steps for your elderly parent or loved one. Now, here's Wendy Jones with this week's guest. Good morning, and welcome to Next Steps for Seniors. I'm Wendy Jones, your host, and also owner and operator of Next Steps for Seniors, the business, located in Rochester, as you all know. Um, But we are here today for a topic that I think is extremely important right now, and it's Medicaid. Medicaid planning, what is Medicaid, how does it differ from Medicare? There are a lot of questions out there in regards to that. So our guest today, we have Mike Rakowski, who is an elder law attorney. He's got three different locations, I believe. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Good morning, Wendy. Thanks for having me back. We're blessed to have you. And Kendra, and Kendra, you're going to say your last name for me because I don't know if I can say it right. Rosborough. Thank you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and she is a certified Medicaid planner. So you two work very well together. We're part of the Rakowski Law Firm. And, you know, Kendra has a lot of knowledge as an attorney on Medicaid and how it works. Um, and so does Mike. But we're, we, we're lucky to have them both here. So we're just going to learn as much as we possibly can, listeners, in the next hour so that we can educate you, we can inform you. And you're going to know, really, when you leave this program today, which route you're going to go in the future. Because honestly, I want to say, and Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, 75% of people need some type of long-term care planning. Yeah, I think actually the number's a little bit higher than that now, that um, most everyone will end up in some type of long-term care facility for at least three months or more. So it's important to understand this information. Of course, we're all like, that's not going to be me, but let's plan like it could be. So Kendra, tell us a little bit about the differences between... You know, Medicaid and Medicare, if we want to and, start and there. And before we get into that, because yeah. I know Kendra's really not going to, she's not, she's too humble, <laughs> humble to say this, but you know, uh, Kendra's such a great resource for our team. She's one of the few um, certified Medicaid planners in the state. So you got a great wealth of knowledge coming your way today. 
Back to Wendy's question. Let's start with, because this is a question at our office we get so often is, you know, Medicaid health insurance, Medicaid nursing home, Medicare. Can we give a little bit about each of those and what are we talking about today? Yeah, absolutely. So with Medicare, we are dealing with uh, a government program for health insurance, mostly for those of a certain age. Um, it is something that comes out of Social Security typically or for disabled individuals. So that is a separate program for health insurance if you qualify for it. But typically what we deal with is Medicaid and the differences between community health insurance and other things Mike mentioned, like um, nursing home care. So when most people think Medicaid, they think the community-based health insurance for low-income persons. That is certainly a big part of the Medicaid program, but what we focus on at our firm is more so the elder care side. We're needing nursing home care, in-home assistance, um, those kind of avenues. So there are a lot of components to Medicaid, but that's our primary focus for today. So to break it down just a little bit easier, we're talking about the state and federally funded program to cover someone's long-term care costs if they qualify. Correct. Absolutely. That's a great way to put it. So with that being said, let's uh, let's talk about a little bit of that benefit. You know, this is actually kind of fun today because I'm like more of the interviewer than the interviewee. <laughs> but let's talk about, you know, what does that benefit provide for individuals for quali- who qualify? And then we'll definitely dive into how do you qualify because I know that's what all of our listeners want to know. Mm-hmm. So it depends on the benefit you're looking for. Um, you know, with the nursing home benefit, it could be that they are helping pay for your long-term care bill at the nursing home in addition to, um, you know, making sure you get the service you need there. Uh, but there's also programs that could help potentially keep you at home. There's the PACE program that allows you to have in, uh, in-home care workers come to you and assist you and keep you there if you qualify for that, as well as waiver, potentially an assisted living facility may accept for part of their payment from this program as well. So it, it definitely it depends on what you're looking for and what your loved one needs or you need, but it, it definitely helps benefit you. You don't have to pay for a lot of things out of pocket in those instances if you qualify. And just to clarify, listeners, and I think this is a good time to say this. So when she said waiver, the, the My Choice waiver was designed by the state years ago to keep people out of the nursing home on Medicaid. Correct. So they said, hey, let's, let's come up with a program. Instead of having everybody in a nursing home all the time, let's come up with a program to keep them out of the nursing home and in, into like an assisted living or AFC, adult foster care home mm-hmm. setting on this My Choice Waiver Program, which, to be honest, I think is brilliant because mm-hmm. some people don't necessarily need it medically to be in a, in a nursing home. Correct, yes. And and Waiver is a great program. You know, we do find, though, since it is, is part of Medicaid, but it's primarily run by different organizations in different parts of the state, you do have to do a little bit of research and figuring out what in your area that you would qualify for or who you need to go through to get that approval. Not all assisted livings and not all group homes are approved for this program, but you do find a lot more nursing homes except Medicaid. So you do have that kind of issue as well when you're talking about flexibility of where you'd want to go. Yeah. And I do think that is a, that's a great point that you bring up because I do have a family actually right now that really wanted 
um, and assisted living, but there's nothing in their area that's mm-hmm. covered through the My Choice program. Correct. So now they're have, having to drive a long distance to get a place that's actually utilizing that program. Correct. Yeah. So there are options. It's just a matter of, you know, you have to be a little bit more flexible with the waiver p- program potentially right. um, because there are more nursing homes that accept Medicaid. Um, okay. And and I just wanted to set the stage here because just like you're, uh, what you do, Wendy, um, it's a very complicated field and working with a professional in your area uh, can be incredibly valuable. And not only just with how complicated it is, but usually these issues arise unexpectedly where you know someone falls they're not they they can no longer return to their home it, it's unfortunately not a thing that we have five years to plan for so having a professional on your side can help you navigate so many different things while going through such a challenging emotional time as well and that's a great point because it does usually happen very quickly and that's why we're here today, because we want we want our listeners to be thinking about this information, to know about the Rakowski Law Firm, and that this is a service you offer, because if I remember correctly, you have a consultation they can take part in prior to uh, any kind of planning that you would do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, you can call our office. Now might be a good time to, to, to plug the number. It's uh, 248-792-9193. We offer free initial consultations. We're happy to do it with as many family members that want to be part of it. I mean, to me, the more family members that are part of it and, and understand, mm-hmm. uh, the, the easier it is to walk through this. Yeah, and and you can pull in family members on Zoom now oh, because now best. we all know what that is. Yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> multiple screens, and it it definitely works. You know, families <laughs> have spread out so much. It feels like over the last ten, fifteen years, and to be able to bring in your son in Colorado, your daughter in New York, and have everyone be on the same page because they're truly so concerned about mom, dad, or whoever it is that we're working with to get placed. Right. That it is just it helps people sleep at night truly, to be able to just know what's going on. It does. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So we've got a couple minutes left in the segment, Kendra. So tell us, like, focus in a little bit more on this Medicaid um, scenario. And mm-hmm. Yeah. And Kendra, maybe jump into a little bit how the transition of Medicare to Medicaid, because I know we get a lot of questions about that. People think Medicare is going to just cover things yeah. forever. Absolutely. Maybe talk about that for a minute. So when you're talking about Medicare, when we typically see this come up and we're dealing with a family or a loved one, um, there's been an accident or something's happened and now mom's in the hospital. So then from hospital, they're on Medicare, they have you know a program that covers hospital stay, and then they're discharged to rehab where Medicare then continues to cover for X amount of days. And we are seeing that you're not getting that full amount of days in that little time frame. They will typically say, okay, you're not progressing. You've plateaued. So now we're ending service, and now you're on private pay if you want to stay there. So Medicare only covers a very small portion of your stay, and it's really intended for rehabilitation services, not for a long-term care stay. Um, really, there, there's not a lot of uh, programs, no program for Medicare really covers that. So mm-hmm. their goal is really to get you better and get you home. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So w- we hear that all the time. Oh, well, we have Medicare services. Well, you do, but they're probably going to end soon. Um, so we need to figure out, is Medicaid an option here? Yeah. So back to Wendy, what you were saying, how quickly this happens and unexpectedly, um, you know, a lot of people think they have that Medicare coverage when they get discharged to rehab for you know, let's call it 90, 100 days, 
but it always falls short because they're going to say there's a failure to progress. And so we're only typically on average about 30 to 45 days before doctors are saying, okay, Medicare is no longer going to cover for the failure to progress. Actually, that's longer than what I thought. I, I thought was it was only say, 20 days. Yeah, it's like two so weeks. So it okay. depends. Yeah, it depends, it depends yeah. on the person. But yeah, Medicare 100% will cover a minimum of 20 days is what mm-hmm. I was told. Um, and then yes, it depending and there's supplement plans and all this mm-hmm. other stuff, Medigap and, you know, definitely as soon as you get into that rehab, be talking to your social worker, the biller, the people in the community, because you want to make sure you know how much is covered Absolutely. and, and know that it doesn't last forever. And I think yes. that's the key thing because everyone's yes. like, Oh, everything's covered. Yes. Yeah, not the case. It is not the case. <laughs> there, there are options, but that's when, you know, we typically, you know, soon as someone's moving from the hospital to rehab, if we're in a crisis situation, it is the best thing that we can do. Um, and that's when we really should be contacted so we can try and help. Exactly. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be talking further with our guests from Rakowski Law Firm. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. We're here today with the Rakowski Law Firm talking about Medicaid. And we covered a lot in our first segment. So, Mike, why don't you just give us a quick recap, like a summary? Yeah, yeah, I think that's good because we did cover a lot. And let's just simplify what we just talked about. So Medicaid is a long-term care benefit available to people who physically qualify and who also qualify from an asset standpoint. We're going to get into a lot of that today. I know we talked about different programs available, but the basic rules apply so we're going to now jump into a little bit of, uh, of how this all works. Okay. And speaking of, I have a story um, that a client just, this just happened today. So husband went into a rehab facility from the hospital and is not able to participate in any of the physical therapy. So he's what you said, Kendra, he's plateaued, right? Yeah, he's absolutely. not taking advantage of the program. So now he's not going to qualify, meaning Medicare is not going to pay for all those more days. So after seven days, she gets notice and she's and they tell her, your husband's plateauing, insurance isn't going to cover it, you're out by Monday. Mm-hmm. So what does she do? Freaks out and says, what do I do now? So this is the moment that I want you to, to kind of step in, Kendra, mm-hmm. and tell us how Medicaid can step into that situation. Yeah. So as Mike explained, there are three main tests with Medicaid, with nursing home and the, the first one that, you know, we really can't help with, it's really dependent on what the person needs, is their physical ability. Do they need this level of care? And that is something that is assessed by the nursing home, by medical professionals. But overall, more often than not, we're seeing, you know, needing assistance with at least three activities of daily living, like brushing teeth, getting dressed, getting out of bed. Uh, but Medicaid does have a system for it called the seven doors. It's very complicated. There's a lot of ways to get into nursing home care and to get that. But, um, you know, activities of daily living is your, your primary way to get in there. Yeah, the way I like to summarize the disability test is, is looking at it one of two ways. There's the activities of daily living test, which is, I mean, if you think of it this way, if you need 24-7 care, you will probably qualify under the activities of daily living. Now, it's not on us as attorneys to make that determination. It's always going to be some kind of medical professional that's going to determine this. Uh, 
Or there's also exceptions to the rules. There's diagnosis of uh, cognitive impairment, Alzheimer's, dementia, those kinds of things that would uh, it be an, like automatic uh, getting you into the program. From approval. A, yeah, mm-hmm. approval from a physical disability standpoint. There is the seven doors test that Kendra was talking about. It, to me, it's like a big math problem. It gets really, really complicated. And Very. So we, don't, we don't need to go into that today. <laughs> but, you know, essentially think of it this way. If a loved one needs 24-7 care, this isn't just pain or med- uh, medication management. This is full-on care. Mm-hmm. They will probably pass the physical disability test. Yeah, absolutely. And and in your instance, Wendy, when you're talking about this individual where they're at rehab, you know, the nursing home probably will say, hey, he needs extra care or can he go home or we don't want him to go home. So definitely take your cues when you're dealing with the nursing home since they've had this experience with the individual they will, you know, give you some information about next steps, right? That the nursing home, more often than not, should not be discharging someone to an unsafe environment. So they should be communicating with the family what they think is needed next. Um, but that's really the, the physical part of it and needing that care. So you do have to qualify for that. And I guess one thing I kind of brushed over that we should probably talk about are like, what are activities of daily living? It's something we talk about all the time and take for granted that we just know what those are. Um, some of the most common are, you know, bathing, dressing, uh, using the restroom, transferring to a bed, from a bed to a chair, um, getting around the room and eating. Those would probably be the main things to be looking at. If the person has difficulty with three of those, you're looking at qualification from a disability standpoint. Correct. Yeah. And eating is physically cutting your food, picking it up and feeding yourself, not necessarily cooking. Correct. Yes. Just for clarification on that too. Yeah. So even a little bit of help cooking, you know, might not rise to that level. Um, But there again, that's going to be an assessment made of the individual at the time that we're looking to move to Medicaid. And you needed at least three ADLs. Uh, That's kind of the standard. It goes back to the seven doors. There is a huge formula. It is a math problem. There's different points awarded for different things and how much of an assistance you need. But realistically, if you need three activities daily living, help with those things, and you need significant help with those things, you're probably going to get in or say that you need that care. Perfect. Okay, Kendra, so let's just hypothetically say an individual qualifies from the seven doors math problem. Yes. Okay. Um, now Now what's next? What are we looking at as attorneys to get that person qualified? Right. So the next thing that, uh, is needed for Medicaid, but not something necessarily attorneys can help with is the income test in Michigan for nursing home care. There really isn't an income test, uh, but really what what Medicaid says is as long as your income does not pay for your full bill at the nursing home, they will come in and, and they'll, they'll help assist and they'll help pay for your stay. I don't know anyone that has nine to $15,000 a month, depending on where you're at, to pay for your stay in income. So really, the income test is kind of null and void here in Michigan for nursing home care. It's very specific because there are other Medicaid programs that have an income test, but what we're talking about is the nursing home side of things. Yeah. And I, I would just say we're blessed as attorneys to to have that be the rule here in this state because in other states, there is a cap that if you earn more than, let's say, $3,500 in income, 
you do not qualify for this benefit that could be potentially valued at ten to fifteen thousand dollars per month. Yeah. So it is nice that in Michigan, the income part of it, at least for Medicaid nursing home, is kind of overlooked. And we're more focused on the asset test. Correct. And that's the third part. And that's really where we come into play and in helping the family figure out what's next, because that's where we see the biggest hang up with someone getting qualified for the service. Uh, because if you are even a penny over what Medicaid says you can have, you're going to be disqualified. You're going to be denied um, the benefit. And so this is where as attorneys, we just love Google. Because this is is probably the one thing that at least most individuals that come in to to meet with us have a little understanding of is just the whole asset test because they've Googled some things, they've heard from people things. And so I can't tell you how many meetings I've had with individuals where they come into my office and they're like, Mike, I gave away everything I own to my kids. I am ready to go on Medicaid. Well, not them personally, but their loved one. And so let's let's move forward with the application. And that is not... not <laughs> that is the number one thing you not don't to do. do. Yeah, don't do it. Do not do that. Okay, so let, what is the amount that Medicaid says you can have for income? Just out of curiosity. So for income, it, the the income portion is just that it doesn't meet your full bill. So okay, there, as long there's, as you're paying more than yeah, what you're receiving. Yeah, for nursing home, right? So we did talk about pace and waiver earlier, but we're not really yeah. not going to get into that. There is a, a income issue there, uh, but not for nursing home. Um, so there really is no cap as long as, you know, even if there's like a penny left at the nursing home every month that you need help paying with Medicaid will help. It'll work. Yeah, it'll work. We'll take it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in that instance, I still don't know anyone. I've never seen anyone with $9,000 in income right. <laughs> to pay for their stay. So, so it's not. Kendra, before we move on to assets, yes. because that's really what everyone wants to hear about. What happens if, um, you know, there's a married couple, Mm -hmm. one has a low income, one has a high income, like, is there anything we can do? Talk to me about Mm -hmm. minimums that you're allowed to keep. I mean, so often we get asked the question, like, my income is only $500. My spouse who needs care, his is $2,500. I'm not going to be able to live off of $500. Is there anything that can be done? Absolutely. So that is something we face a lot when we do, um, especially initial consultations with married couples. Uh, that is the biggest concern. And yes, there may be some portion of that income that would have to go to the nursing home, but we're talking about the person that's in the nursing home. So the spouse who is outside of the nursing home is never responsible for using their income to pay the nursing home. But they can also potentially get some of their the institutionalized spouse's income. So, Mike, you mentioned $500 for the spouse outside and the other one in the institution. They have more of the income. There is a, a calculation that Medicaid does and, and provides with different numbers. It is, I think, even a bigger math problem than sure, seven totally. doors. And we have a way to, you know, help work through that. But you can have the community spouse, their income can be bumped up to a certain amount based on this formula. So so what you're saying is the, the person who's outside of the nursing home living in their own home can keep some of their spouse's income that is in the facility. Absolutely. And well, it, it, it's all, it's all 
formula based and all based on what you actually have to pay for utilities and the thing. And I just need to add, this is exactly why Mm -hmm. you need a law firm to do this. And and Mike Rakowski started this firm for this reason, because families are so confused as to how this whole thing works out that when they can sit down with you and ask these questions and you talk through this at a consultation, it is key. It is truly mm-hmm. key. So give your phone number one more time, Mike, sure, please. Sure, yeah. Call the Rakowski Law Firm, 248-792-9193 for a free initial consultation. Excellent. And they're local right here, and you can also do it on Zoom. So no brainer. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. And we're here today with the Rakowski Law Firm. So, Mike, I was wondering, moving into this next segment, if you could, I mean, obviously, we need someone like you to have these conversations with. So share with the listeners how you step into this picture and help with the with the big picture with the families. Yeah, and, and that's uh, going to tie in really well to this, this part of the program because we're going to be talking about assets. And typically, families are coming to us because long-term care costs, we haven't really dived into this much today, but... It can be as much as ten to fifteen thousand dollars per month. I mean, it's just incredibly expensive, and people will lose their entire life savings in a in a mere year or two spending money at that rate. So, a lot of families come to us to protect assets. So, we're looking to either you know, it's it's one of two ways. Either uh, we do pre Medicaid pre planning which is something we can do five years prior to needing care. We're going to talk a lot about what that means. Everyone's probably heard of the five-year look back. But then there's also crisis planning that we can do to hold on to, you know, roughly anywhere between 60 and 80% of someone's assets, just depending on how they're structured. So now's a great time to start talking about assets. What are you allowed to keep when you utilize the Medicaid benefit when you need it? So I might turn it over to Kendra to kind of go into some of those rules. Yeah, absolutely. So with assets, it's important to know there's a difference between um, spouses and single individuals. So when you're looking at um, some things that are exempt, Medicaid says you can have one house, one car, prepaid funeral expenses if they're Medicaid compliant, uh, and a life insurance policy if the face value is less than $1,500. I have never seen a policy that has that face value amount, so um, I'd be very curious you know, to see if there are those policies out there. Routinely, policies aren't included in that exemption. So that that's basically it for exempt assets. Then you're talking about, okay, so are we dealing with a married couple or a single individual? A single individual is allowed $2,000 out of what I just mentioned for exempt. If it's not exempt, it's counted towards your assets checking accounts, um, IRAs, 401ks, stocks, bonds, all of it's considered. Even cash on hand is asked on the application. So it's very important, especially for single individuals, to you know really find out what needs to happen in those instances 
married couples, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, there are some things that you can protect as a spouse that's outside the nursing home. Um, you're allowed a certain amount based on the assets you have. There is more of a formula to it, but the basis is, is that Medicaid says you can keep a certain amount, but if you're over that amount, you're going to have to do something with it. Um, and that's where planning can come into play as well. Yeah. So just to recap on that, just to break it down, a single individual is essentially allowed one house, one car, $2,000 in assets. A married couple is allowed one house, one car, and a little bit over $130,000 in assets. So that 130000 is a total of all your retirement accounts, cash accounts, checking, savings, stocks, bonds, all of that Anything more than that, you have to spend your own money to private pay for any type of care. What about life insurance? Is that included in that as well? If there is a cash value. So, you know, some policies were given, you know, as like employer um, policies we have seen before Mm -hmm. and they can't be cashed out, right? So like Chrysler, GM, they had those policies part of your retirement package. Those can be retained because you can't cash them out and get a cash value for them. But we still have to provide that proof to Medicaid when we do that. So it's very important to know, you know, is there a cash value here? Because it could be counted against you. Yeah. So your whole life policies, variable policies, you know, all those have some type of cash value and they'll have to be liquidated before Medicaid would end up covering your care. Term policies typically don't have a face value. Correct. Yep. So let's walk through uh, just an example of what this all looks like. Let's say someone has a retirement account of 500000 They have a property down here, downstate somewhere, and then a lot of Michiganders, we all have you know, properties, hunting cabins, whatever up north. So let's say you have a house down here with 250000 a cottage up north with 250000 and 500000 in cash accounts, retirement accounts, that kind of thing. If you do not do any planning, you would have to just spend down your assets at 15000 or whatever the, the nursing home care bill is a month until you get down to those thresholds that we were talking about earlier. So what that ends up meaning is that at some point you're going to have to sell the cottage up north because they only allow you to have one property. It doesn't matter if the second property is vacant land or a, a cottage on a lake. None of that matters to them. And this is where... We get into a lot of questions that people ask us, like, can Medicaid or the state take my home? Uh, Can can this or that, you know, force me to do things? And they can't force you to do anything, but in order to qualify for the benefit, people get put in uh, weird situations where they have to sell off the, the family cottage that everyone has gone to forever because Medicaid won't kick in unless... Those assets are, are down to the one house, one car and 130 or one house, one car and 2000 in assets. So that's where it can be very difficult on a family um, if they didn't do pre-planning. Yeah, exactly. So we do see that a lot. You know, having uh, multiple properties is where you're going to have the most issue. Um, but there there are options available where we can, you know, step in and and figure out a strategy to work through that and still retain some assets, as, I, as Mike mentioned. Just depends if we're at the process that we've come into play and, and kind of to, to help assist the family. Yeah. So, Kendra, why don't we talk about the five-year five-year look back now? Mm-hmm. Because I think that's a very important factor in mm-hmm. what type of planning we can do. Right. So, uh, five-year look back to Medicaid is from the day you apply for services 
they ask on the application, have you sold or given away anything in the last 60 months, which is five years? That means, have you sold property? Have you done anything? And all they're asking for is to see what's going on with that. And it could be that you sold property for fair market value, no problem, but they still want to see that. But what we typically see is, oh, well, I gave that up north property to my kids. I don't use it anymore, so now we've transferred the deed to their name. Okay, well, now we have to show Medicaid that, and Medicaid's going to come back and say, well, you could have sold it for fair market value, not for nothing. You could have had that money to pay for your care. So because you did that, there's nothing illegal with that. We're just not going to pay for a while now based on this formula we have. And what you've done here is what you Medicaid calls a divestment. You divested an asset away from yourself that you could have used for your care. Um, but it's not just property. It's, it's money. It's assets. It's a vehicle to the grandkid because you're not using it anymore. You know, we see this all the time. Um, so it's very important that you don't just give away everything that you, you do need to plan beforehand. And, and this is where so many families get the whole IRS gifting rules confused with Medicaid planning. You know, there's this rule that you can give away 15000 per year, which actually now in 2022 is 16000 per year, um, tax-free to anyone you want. Those rules don't apply to Medicaid planning. Uh, if, if you gave away that money, they're going to consider it a divestment and issue you a penalty period, essentially saying, on paper, you qualify for the benefit, but because you did X, Y, and Z, we're now not going to pay for it for three or four four months or, or mm -hmm. whatever that penalty period ends up being. Yeah. And the only way to get around this, so say you have done this in Michigan, we're what we call a full cure state. You have to get everything back to the penny. Good so luck. exactly. <laughs> Good luck. And with property, maybe not as big of a deal. You know, we could switch the deed back and do some work and undo it. But with, with vehicles, that tends to be a little more difficult. With cash, that tends to be a little oh, bit yeah. more difficult. Um, so it really puts the family in a bind then because not only are you out that money, but then you're out Medicaid paying the bill. Well, and this just brings a great story to mind. I have a gentleman right now who was, you know, he gets about 2800 a month in mm -hmm. Social Security. And he's living in a senior community and using most of that money to pay for his senior community. So in his mind, he's fine, right? He's got his meals paid. He's walking. He's talking. He's healthy. Well, he's been giving his money in his savings account to his children, mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. randomly, you know, one wanted to start a restaurant, another one's doing something else. So he's just giving them money, right? Mm -hmm. And I keep saying, stop, 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 because this guy technically could need a Medicaid nursing home within the next five years. In fact, I'm pretty sure he probably will. Yeah. And if that's the case, what you're telling me right now is he's probably not going to get those funds back. Very unlikely. He, was, he would need to get them back, let me just he say He would that. have to, yeah. And, and if he can't, then he is going to be out time uh, at the Medicaid facility, them paying his, his, you know, the rest of the balance that he can't pay. So when this poor guy actually needs the money and he needs more care to, to pay for it, he's not going to have it. And nor Correct. is he going to qualify for Medicaid. No, you're, you're kind of like a double whammy because you're out the money and you're out the time Medicaid's going to pay. So now you're stuck with... You know, 
an X amount of bill, which could actually potentially be bigger than what you gave away. Exactly. And this is why you're both here today because seniors, we need to know about this information. We need to know about it before Mm -hmm. we need it. Yeah. At least five years. And since nobody knows when that's happening, why right. not start now? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400, and we'll be back in just one moment. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. We're here with the Rakowski Law Firm. Uh, Both Mike and Kendra have given us an enormous amount of information. Mike, share your phone number one more time with us, please. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, 248-792-9193. And like Wendy mentioned 10 times, you know, we'd be happy to meet for a free initial consultation on Zoom, over the phone, in person, you know, whatever makes the most sense for the family. So we talked about a lot of great information, Kendra, at the end of last segment, Mm -hmm. just in relationship to this five-year look-back period. Right. Yeah. Yeah, And actually, I'd love to add something to that story you were telling about, you know, the older gentleman who's given away all of his assets to his kids. That is the exact situation that we get into where someone feels like the state could take their home or Medicaid could take something from them. We'll get into what a state recovery looks like in a minute here, but you know what happens is, is when someone has divested their assets, so they've given away things they shouldn't have, and now Medicaid is saying, you shouldn't have done that, you should have used the money for your care, we get put in a situation where we might have to sell an asset that is otherwise exempt, like the primary residence, you know, the home that you live in. Under Medicaid's rule, one house, one car, and 2,000 or 130,000 in assets, we don't typically have to sell the home, but we do when it's the only option available left to us because we did some things we shouldn't have done. Right. And, and that really does hearken to, you know, what can we do, um, you know, as attorneys or any individual, like being, making sure this person gets on Medicaid nursing home. Um, if we're outside the five-year look back, meaning we don't anticipate needing nursing home care or assistance for at least another five years. We have options available to be able to prepare for the eventuality if you need nursing home care and capacity planning, right? So we're talking about making sure your documents are fully together for you in the event you can no longer make decisions for yourself. We don't know when that's going to be, um, but certainly some of the things we'll talk about we would like to do before needing nursing home care for you know at least five years. Um, but really, a financial power of attorney, a solid financial power of attorney is tantamount to making sure we can do what we can as attorneys at, later in life. Uh, if we don't have a good financial power of attorney, we may have to go in front of a judge to get conservatorship. And in that instance, it's very hard to convince a court to do the type of planning we're going to discuss with assets. They'll probably just say, spend everything down to the Medicaid-approved rules and then get qualified, which we can do. But if we can try and protect something, that'd be great. Uh, but courts typically don't allow that. Yeah, and add to that, going to court, I mean, you'll, you'll see that a lot of the things that we try to do as attorneys is keep this out of the probate court system because it's just time-consuming and it's expensive. And so if someone doesn't have a good financial or medical power of attorney, we now have to go petition the court for guardianship, which means you're probably paying an attorney somewhere between twenty-five dollars and $3,500, maybe even more depending on where you live. 
add to that yearly now we have to go back to the court and report as to what we spent the money on and so there's just constant time and money that's going to be spent it's exhausting yeah. i've had many families have to go through it it's absolutely exhausting yeah yearly accountings are not fun right you you have to report every penny that's been spent on this person's behalf of their own funds and it is necessary sometimes certainly but a great uh, financial power of attorney while you're competent is it's going to take you away from that and not needing to have that. So the goal of having Rakowski law firm and the consultation is to protect as many assets as you can while still qualifying for Medicaid. Mm -hmm. And also putting in some foundational documents that can be incredibly helpful, like the financial and medical power of attorney that in the event you cannot make decisions for yourself, You've picked the person that's going to make the decisions. You've also make, uh, made a decision as to what authority you're granting that person. You get to pick all of this in advance instead of leaving it to chance in front of a judge who has a whole five to 10 minutes to look at your case. Mm-hmm. So we covered a lot of information on this program. <laughs> it has been a wealth of knowledge and we've got about five minutes left in the mm-hmm. program. So I want to make sure we kind of recap everything, but touch on anything that we didn't yet touch on that's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll try to tackle that one since it was a lot. Um, (laughs) Why would someone be doing this? Someone would be doing this because long-term care is incredibly expensive. And if you don't have a plan in place to take care of that, you're going to deplete your assets very quickly. What are your options? You can private pay, which is just spending your own money at the rate of 15,000 per month. You can use a long-term care insurance policy if you have one, although they're incredibly difficult to get and very expensive these days. Or you can utilize our office to get qualified for Medicaid or VA aid and attendance pension, which we didn't talk much about today, but those are things that we help families with. And so it's to avoid um, spending that 15000 per month to protect what you worked so hard for. Yeah, absolutely. And, and kind of, you know, what we can do, our hands are tied by some of the documents and things we talked about, but regardless, it's never too late, right? There's always something, even if it is just to give you advice on how to spend your money or your parents or whoever, the loved one's money wisely to benefit them the most feasible way, we can provide that. Um, So it's not, you're not always left to having to spend down, but it is necessary sometimes. When we're dealing with certain types of assets, we also have, you know, trusts that can come into play and Medicaid compliant annuities. There's a lot of things, but it's very specialized to your situation. So certainly, you know, an, an initial consultation would be great to figure out what your particular situation is to figure out what we could do and what the strategy would be. Yeah. I mean, Kendra, as you're sitting there talking, I mean, the laundry list of things that we can help with, you know, the Medicaid application itself, it's incredibly complicated to avoid the hassle of the back and forth being denied, having to submit more information where now you're 60, 90 days into it and you're, you don't have your loved one qualified on Medicaid yet because it's just overly complicated. Correct. Yep. And, and uh, always a component, regardless of the strategy we choose, Mike had kind of mentioned estate recovery. In Michigan, if an asset moves through probate after someone passes, Medicaid can come back and say, well, we paid for this person for their care for X amount of money. We're entitled to X amount of money. So certainly they're not asking for anything more than what they paid, but as we've been talking, fifteen, you know, $10,000, $15,000 a month adds up pretty quickly they could be looking for hundreds of thousands of dollars back from the estate. So any any Medicaid situation that comes through our office, we are looking to see, can we avoid probate? Can we get everything, all the ducks in a row, 
through, you know, the, the foundational documents we have to avoid probate. And let me just ask you this question, too. If you're on Medicaid, you have a loved one in a nursing home, do they do an annual recheck? Because I've had someone come into money mm-hmm. when they um, some someone passed away and left somebody money. What happens in that situation? Right. So they do an annual recertification. You basically get the application all over again. Um, we deal with that a lot with the, the families we work with. Right now, most individuals aren't receiving them because of the pandemic, but they probably will come back online once the pandemic has been deemed not at issue. And we're still unsure of what that's going to look like. So um, when you come into money, when your income changes, if anything changes from your original application. You win the lotto and get $5 million. Absolutely. Well, first <laughs> can off, happen. can you adopt me? But second off, um, <laughs> yeah, the, 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 you have to report it to Medicaid. And a lot of families don't realize that, that, you know, once you're approved, you're fine. No, you have to maintain that level for the rest of your care for that loved one. So it's really important that you don't go over assets. You don't go over income because you could then be disqualified and owe back the nursing home money. Yeah. Which again, talking through that, Kendra, it reminds me about just how important it is to have a relationship with your attorney, because these questions are going to come up. Medicaid is not a Get a person Get it one qualified, time and then you're fine. Right. And then you're mm-hmm. fine. No, absolutely. It's, you know, how do I deal with the income that's constantly coming in? How do I deal with my RMDs that paid off from my IRA? There's so many constant things that are changing. Rules are changing that Medicaid, I mean, we, we, we think estate planning is also relationship-based at our office, but this is something that we're going to work together for a long time on. And Mike, just a recap of your office. You do a little bit of everything. And listeners, I want you to know truly the power of attorney documents, a trust, Mm -hmm. like putting everything together. This is critical. It's Mm -hmm. shocking to me how many people have not done this uh, in thinking for the future. Yeah, we do. Yeah, thanks for that, Wendy. I mean, we do everything from estate planning to elder law. So we're not out there doing real estate transactions, divorces, Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. But we are doing your foundational estate planning documents. We're doing Medicaid pre-planning. And that's where we really specialize because you would be uh, amazed at how easy it is to screw this up. I mean, actually, you can probably, you get it because you just listened to this entire (laughs) program. Um, It's very easy. There's just so many moving parts, so much to know, and you really need to specialize in this. this. And that would be my one takeaway if you had nothing else, is just work with someone who specializes in elder law. Don't let someone who just does traditional estate planning try to help you with this. Share your phone number one more time, Mike, for our listeners. And please call. Set up the free consultation. It is worth your time. So it's Rutkowski Law Firm. You can find us online at RutkowskiLawFirm.com. And the phone number is 248-792-9193. Thank you both. We appreciate you. Thank you for what you do. Listeners, make the call. It is definitely worth it. You're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. You've been listening to this week's edition of Next Steps for Seniors with your host, Wendy Jones. You can reach Wendy with any questions you have at area 248-651-5010. That's 248-651-5010. Join us again next week as Wendy provides more information and resources for those important next steps for your elderly parent or loved one. The preceding program was sponsored by Next Steps for Seniors Foundation. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.